Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Talking Shop, the premier podcast for metaphysical professionals where we talk about every single angle of running a business from getting started to technology to money and all that jazz. Every episode, we tackle a different topic and provide you with the education and strategies you need so that you can run your metaphysical, mystical, spiritual, heart-centered, tarot business, whatever kind of mystical, spiritual business you're in. We want you to handle it like a pro. I am your host, Teresa Reed. I'm also known as the Tarot Lady. And I have my incredibly lovely and totally dedicated, wonderful co-host, Miss Brianna Saucy. Welcome, Brianna. Thank you, Teresa, and hello, everyone, either listening live or listening later. We're so happy to be here tonight, the night before Thanksgiving. Yay! Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful time to, you know, pause and take away, take a moment away from, like, our work days because so many of us are busy and to spend time with the people we love and also to spend time really being grateful for all the blessings that we have. And, you know, this last year, I think um, you and I would probably both agree that we've been pretty blessed with our businesses in the last oh. year. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I would say very, very much so. Absolutely. I'm always so grateful to the people who show up in my business world, whether they're here to you know, purchase a reading, whether they do some business mentoring, whether they don't do any of that, if they're just reading my blog, I always find that I am just, you know, amazed at the people that do show up from all over the world and they make my business and my world a lot more richer, you know. You know what I mean? It's like they make it more meaningful. I don't know what the word I would use is, but it, it it's just I'm very fortunate that I have such a – such an interesting group of people that come into my business. I'm sure you probably uh, feel the same way. I do. I feel that. I really do. I I uh, posted earlier this week that um, on Facebook that I was going through my SEO uh, stuff and I was I was looking, which I do like once a year. I'm really terrible about that. And uh, I was looking, oh, what blog posts are popular? And you know, it's the ones that I would expect. They're awesome. It's great. And But I was reflecting that, you know, my lunar letters that I send out right before the full moon are, I always get some really touching letters that people write mm-hmm. me after I send those out. And I got one a couple weeks ago from a woman who is in her mid-20s and decided to go to college for the first time. And she thought that college wasn't for her and she couldn't do college and she told me that reading my site and getting my lunar letters had inspired her to go to school and and you know it really just made me i was felt so grateful and so humbled by that that you know and it was it was such a really profound reminder that you know when i think that people feel like when you start out you feel like you have no audience and so who mm-hmm. listens who cares Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you get to a certain size, you have thousands of subscribers. And, right. you know, you don't know them all. You don't, you, mm-hmm. you know, you know a lot of them, hopefully, but you you don't know all of them. You haven't talked to all of them. And I had never talked to this woman before. And it really just reminded me of how far our words and our work and our ideas 
travel when we're on the web and how, you know, they can really help someone make a, a you know, milestone decision and that that is a great privilege and a great honor and not something to, to take lightly. Absolutely. You know, and tonight what our show is focusing on is talking about things like this. This is our end of the year recap, and we are going to discuss things that we've noticed in our business, the business world, the things that mean a lot to us, the things that we've struggled with, and, you know, hopefully we are going to have some people asking a few questions so we can help them with the things that are bugging them the most. And we're also going to cover a little bit of um, some of the sneak peek of some of the topics we're talking about next year. So you mentioned, too, about this one person reaching out and writing to you. Don't you think ultimately that this is what it's all about, why we're in business? We are in business to make an impact. And I think most metaphysical and spiritual people, you know, sometimes we can lose sight of that. And so getting these letters, they bring us back to home and they remind us that I'm not in business just to make, you know, six figures or to be famous or, you know, or any of that. Ultimately what we're all about is we want to help. And I think this is really important that we have to check in with ourselves and check in with ourselves often about what of our what our intention is and how are we staying true to that intention. Mhm. Mhm. I so agree to get with sidetracked. that. It's you know it's easy to get sidetracked from your intention uh, when you do what they call the compare and despair, and you start seeing how someone else is doing or you assume they're doing, and it's so easy to get pulled off of our our intention, our manifesto. How yeah. do you stay on yours? How do you stay on that's a really Yeah, that's a good question. I like that question. Um, so, you know, for me, it, it really is coming back to what I have as my, as my motto, which is sacred arts for soulful seekers. Mm-hmm. And remembering that, you know, I am a, representative in the field of sacred arts. I'm also a teacher of sacred arts and that I serve people who are who are soulfully seeking, whether they're seeking a better way to do business, a better way to live, a better way to be in a relationship, you know, all the all the different things that we seek out. And that that is, you know, that it's a it's a real privilege and a real honor and and something that I can't get distracted from. You know, I think that there's a lot out there that can be really distracting. And so really honing in on that and just spending a little time really early in the morning when I first get up and then at night before I go to bed, blessing that and, you know, asking, did I do the the best that I could with respect to that today is one of the ways that I come back to my intention again and again. I'm, I'm, in many ways, I'm a set it and forget it kind of girl. You know, you say it, you do it, done. But the intention for my business is one that I I touch, I touch, I get into touch with. I try to on a daily basis. What about you? What's your process? Well, you know, um, my process. I think it's because I've been doing this for so long. You, <laughs> it kind of gets ingrained in you that you get. Yeah. It, it gets. I don't know if it's easier is the word I want to use. But you kind of get used to it. It's like, oh yeah, every day. Oh yeah, this is what I'm here for. Uh, you yep. know, and you can, I can sometimes still get uh, taken off my intention. You know, when life interferes or uh, we get 
busy with this or that. But uh, I do my meditation, and I think my daily meditation practice and my little gratitude practices are really what keeps me on track and keeps me being intentional with my business. And I, I think I also have, um, I like to say, instant karma. Anytime I seem to get off track, i got to tell you, it seems like the universe sends me a strong memo somehow mm-hmm. that gets me right mm-hmm. back on track. It might be I get an email from somebody like the one, like the person you mentioned, or it might just be something else really weird or random, just kind of like a sign like, oh, yeah, that's right, this is what you're doing it for. You're not doing it for any of this other jazz. You're doing it because you are here to serve and to help. And I get reminded of that quite often. Yeah, absolutely, yes. I think that that's, that's really true. And I hear that with the universe, you know, whenever I start going down one of the many rabbit holes, right, attractive rabbit holes that there are to go down, I often will get, you know, very clear information in a dream that's like, okay, this is not, you know, this is not what we're doing. Focus. Come back. (laughs) You know, one of the trends I noticed in this last year, and I think you, well, I noticed two really big trends. They both begin with the I word. Uh, mm-hmm. the, I, the letter I. Uh, one of the things I have been noticing is a lot of people are trying to be more intentional with their businesses. That they're not, and yeah. I'm not talking intentional like, oh, I want to go and make six figures. But I see a lot of people really questioning their big why. They're mm-hmm. questioning the way they're doing their businesses. I've seen people doing things like getting off social media because they feel like they want more in real life connections with their clients and people. So I've noticed yep. that. And the other I word is intimacy. Yeah. These are the two big things. So when you and I are talking about being intentional, you know, we tend to have our little habits for that, but I see it in just the way people are communicating and the things they're complaining about, that not feeling really truly connected. I mean, you know, the Internet makes us feel like we're all connected to everybody, but in business it can also do this thing where it makes us feel like there's a disconnect. What do you think yeah. about that? I think that there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I am... Um, I, you know, first of all, like, I think that the intentionality is, you know, is, is something that I'm really happy to see. I'm, I'm happy to see people, you know, getting, really getting serious about their businesses and saying, okay, you know, this is the web as a tool, and there are different ways to use this tool, but, I, you know, I do not have to live my life on the web, and actually I wrote a blog post a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. for my students telling them, you know, how can you do a web-based class and not live on the Internet? Because most of my people don't want to live on the Internet. I don't, right? So, right. <laughs> and a bunch of them wrote, and they were like, oh, thank you so much. This was so great. Um, so, I, you know, I think that that is a real a real concern, and, you know, I do wonderment readings for my new subscribers as a way to get to know them, mm-hmm. and uh, and I have noticed that this year the number one question I've been asked is some version of, what is my purpose, what is my work, what is my path? So I think that you're totally right. Like, this is this is a big question that people have right now. And as far as intimacy, yes, 
I think that we're really seeing a sense of, you know, doing something that is smaller or that is deeper mm-hmm. um, or that is, you know, creatively produced. You know, I'm, I know for my, in my world, you know, one of my big things this year has been the launching, the creation of Spinning Gold, which is based on stories that I tell. Mm-hmm. And just the act of telling stories to people has made a huge difference. People feel like they're they're connecting and they're getting something that they haven't had in a really long time, mm-hmm. um, which is not a five-point worksheet kind of deal. Those are awesome. But, you know, just like sit down and curl up with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and let me tell you a story. And And I think that that's like that's – that's the lens I see it through, but I think like the retreat that you did earlier this year in the fall, you know, for a small group of people, I think that that's, we're we're really looking for experiences that take us deeper. Yes. <clears throat> take us deeper and, again, really create that <coughs> connection. And you can create connections online as well as in person. For uh, sure. The, yeah. I mean, you don't have to be sitting in the same place to still have an intimate connection. But one of the ways that I've noticed this showing up is, like, again, the smaller retreats and stuff. But even people who attend, like, big online classes, um, I think that the attendees are really wanting to be seen more and they want more of that connection with the teacher. And I've noticed also that teachers seem to be looking at ways they can add value by giving people more of that feeling like we really are one-on-one, we really are serving you. So that's yeah. what I've been seeing a lot of. You know, I've, I've taken many classes over the years, and in many of these group classes, I often felt like I got lost because yeah. there would be, like, a few students who were maybe more aggressive or they were needier, and it would become a total focus on those people. And for the quieter people like myself, oftentimes we then really didn't get some of that one-on-one. And I I think teachers are also becoming more aware of that. So what do you mm-hmm. think about that? Oh, I think I think that's absolutely true. You know, I think that uh that choosing to either do a smaller class or choosing to have ways to connect with your students um you know and and really learn about them and learn about where they are is it's kind of, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's just it's not optional, you know. And if I'm looking to take a class, I want to see like how are we, how are we going to do that, you know? How am I going to be able to connect with this person, even if there's not like a one-on-one, mm-hmm. you know, option or add-on? Like I still want to know like how is connection going to actually happen, you know, in this setting, beyond a Facebook group, which, you know, again, those can be awesome, so, like, I'm not complaining, but... Oh, yeah, Facebook it's, I, can, yeah people can talk about Facebook like it's the devil. It's not going away yet. <laughs> no, and, and they, can be, they can be full of really great information, but, again, especially in a larger group, you can start to feel that sense of being lost once more. Absolutely. So let's swing around. Now we're talking about social media and about social media trends. And um, there was a lot going on this year with this 
Sue, T-S-U, that for a while there I heard people talking about that and there was this other me-me or I forget even what it was, we mo <laughs> Yes, yes, And people yes. were saying, oh, my God, Facebook's going to be dead. You're not going to be able to use it for your business. You're not going to engage. And you know what? It That didn't happen. I didn't, I didn't fall in for all that because I thought, yeah, I'm still getting a lot of use out of Facebook. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, today, just to give people an example because – there's all of that talk about, oh, Facebook is dying, and I just don't see it. And I put a blog post, and I posted it on my Tarot Lady Facebook page, and that blog post on Facebook has already reached 5,700 people. Yeah. I want you to think about that. So when people are saying, it's dead, it's dead, it's dead, it's like, it's not dead. So I I don't listen to any of that hype. Uh, I do find that things on Twitter have changed, that there's less tarot people that I see on there, so there's less of us floating around there and less of us having conversations there. So I've noticed changes there. I see Instagram being really, right now, kind of like it seems to be the hot thing. What do you think about the social media trends, what's hot, what's not, what's working? What are people doing right? What are people doing wrong? You know, I think that I I think that social media is one of those things that you really have to and I talk about right relationship across the board, but I think with social media it is really important to first of all just get a sense of of what your both of what you're looking for from social media and also what you're looking to bring to social media. So, you know, one of my favorite social media outlets personally is Pinterest. I really love it. And and I but I don't use it for my business in a direct way. In the way that, you know, I can post something on Facebook and I will have people go to my site and I will have people buy things from Facebook. Mm-hmm. But on Pinterest, I I really use it to inspire myself, like to get ideas and to, you know, if I'm working on a piece of curriculum or if I'm working on a theme, you know, I'll I'll bring images in that really help me get into that and look at it from different perspectives. And that is something that really feeds me. So there's not like an economic imperative there um, the way that there might be for people with like Facebook or with Twitter, but it's something that I really enjoy and it's actually something that never feels like a has to. It always feels like a want to. And so for me, that's become a really important thing with social media. Like, <clears throat> I do not want to feel obligated mm-hmm. to show up um, on social media. And, and you know, one of the things that I think is said a lot about social media that I actually, to some degree, really disagree with is consistency, that you have to be consistent. You have to post, you know, this time every day, yada, 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 or this many posts a week if you want to have outreach, you know, whatever. I I think that to me it matters more that when you do post, you're posting something that's worthwhile and you're really showing up for it. And, like, I would take one post like that a month over a bunch of posts that don't really feel like they're coming from anything, that feel more like they're just getting made to be made, you know, to to fill up space. But I agree with you. I like Facebook. Um, You know, I don't have a problem. I mean, I think with I think the big thing with social media that I see the like up and coming business 
folks not necessarily being quite as savvy about is privacy. And so, you know, I would just say, like, with social media across the board and with the web across the board, like, you really need to curate what is, you know, what you're down for people having access to and what you want to have more private. Um, and I think that if you can get some clarity around those things early on, it will really serve you well. You know, one of the things that I decided really early on is not to post pictures of my little boy on social media. And and I have, I'm friends with lots of people who do. And I think it's awesome and I love to see those pictures. But for me and for our family, I just, I just did not feel right. And so there's a couple of pics of him that he gave me permission to post, but very, very rarely do I do that. And you know, that's just like a small example of what feels like, um, you know, a, a really right choice that I can that I can stay consistent with. Um, and I've noticed Twitter change as well. Twitter has always been a little trickier for me. It's it's um, you know there's so much information in the feed, even if you have lists and you've really curated it, it's a it's a little harder. But what I do like Twitter for is I can reach out to specific people and say hi there in a very quick but kind way. And so I do still use it for that to some extent, but, you know, I, I think that uh, I've checked out some of the Facebook alternatives and nothing's really, like, lit me on fire, you know. Like, I, I have I have relationships on Facebook that I care about. So I, I don't think I – it would take a lot to get me to leave. And, you know, here, again, you're saying in more in words more or less, it is, again, about being intentional and intimate. Yeah. So with yeah. Facebook, one of the things that works really well is that you can develop this feeling of intimacy with people, and you can be intentional on how you are showing your stuff or how you are uh, promoting your business there. And I'm not talking about doing a perfectly curated life too. I know there are, you know, there's sometimes people will post all these just really great things, so you assume like, wow, this person's got a great life. Yeah, they're like so yeah. awesome. Well, you know, I. I <laughs> I sometimes write about my my dramas and this and that and all that other garbage and post plenty of uh, obnoxious cat pictures. So I think people get... I love your cat pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, I have to tell you, Monkey doesn't like getting his picture taken, but... I know, Dalzan, Monkey is a little bit more shy. He is, and Dalzan, he wants to be on everything. So he's all for yeah. it. But, you know, it's again, it's about I'm going to be intentional on in showing who I really am. I'm going to let you guys in on my world. Here's my cats. Here's what my office looks like. Here's how I do my work when I write about it. You know, so I do the intimacy and intentional thing really well. And it works well for me. And I think you can do that on social media and still maintain some sort of a private life. You know, oh, you yeah. have to really be thinking carefully about it. Once in a while I see people who are really doing well on social media who all of a sudden flip out and they're like, Oh my God, I'm not. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. And and you know, they find that when they leave it, they don't miss it. Yes, they don't. And they I think that I think that <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think I think that there are times where social media can become a diversion. And I know in working with some of my people, you know, it's like. If you have a really big project or, or a big goal, 
I think taking a prolonged social media break can help you accomplish it faster in some cases, you know. So, I mean, I, I think that there are times to pay attention. And there are also times to say, you know, what what is this taking, What what amount of time is this taking from something else that I could be doing? Right. Well, let's talk about <clears throat> Here's one of the things we, uh, we, t- we hear about a lot, and this year I've seen, and I've written some posts on pr- being productive. And yeah. I think, again, when we start talking about people having intentional businesses, that seems to be a big, big theme. I think people are also getting to a point where they do not want to be constantly busting their hump 24-7 to get these six-figure businesses or seven-figure. And I think it's Rachel Cook wrote a really beautiful blog post. And by the way, I just love Rachel Cook, and I think everybody yeah. should do follow everything she does. She's phenomenal. She's a brilliant businesswoman. But she wrote a post called The Big Enough Business. And once again, we're talking about this intentional, this intimacy, this not having to do it all. I think people are getting to a point where they're like, I don't want to chase this hard. I want to make a good living but I'm sick of breaking my back. And even I found this year, I kind of got to a point where I said, you know what, I'm working too much. So I yeah. started taking my email readings down on the weekend so I can have a normal weekend like most people. And it took my clients a little minute to get used to it. They're starting to get used to it. Um, <laughs> but I think I see a lot of people no longer wanting to go after these um, great big giant. It doesn't mean you don't have giant goals or anything, but I think we're starting to really feel like I want not just a more intentional business, but a more intentional life. Yes. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, I think that it's really about being in right relationship with your business and saying, okay, you know, this is what so-and-so's business look like, looks like, but is any part of that appropriate for me and for what I'm into and for who I am and and what I do, you know, like I have structured my business over the last year and a half, two years, so that when my little one is done with school at 1230, I'm with him. I can be with him, you know, and, and I'm not uh, on call. I'm not available during those times. And so... I think that I think that people are really starting to get, and I think the six-figure number that you've brought up is a really great example of this. You know, there I've talked to a lot of people this year who are like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, when did that become my metric for success? Like, what about my life says I need six figures, or I want six figures? You know, and I want the commitment and responsibilities that go along with that. You know, that's not what I want. I'm perfectly happy with." X amount of money and working X amount of hours. And I, and I think that, so I think people are sort of saying, okay, the beauty of having your own business is that you get to determine what makes sense for you and what your standards of success are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm seeing a lot of sovereignty and, you know, people taking becoming the authority on what they want, what they need. You know, a couple of years ago, and I think this is when B-School first launched, and it's a program that uh, Marie Forleo runs, 
uh, I think a lot of people got really excited about the idea of having these online businesses and, you know, the idea of making tons and tons of money, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people jumped on that and discovered that it's actually a lot harder than it looks. And at some point you have to ask yourself, how hard do I want to work? Now, I am a grinder. I love to work. But at some point, again, we have to start thinking about the quality of our lives. Do I want my life to be, you know, at the end of the day, do I want to say, wow, I really worked a lot? No, I want to be able to say, I worked, and I worked hard and enjoyed my work, but I enjoyed my life. I want to think about the trips I've taken, the time I've spent with the people I love. So it's super important to be intentional in that way, too. I I really agree with that, and I think, you know, the other the other thing this goes with the intentionality and the intimacy is quality. Yes. I, I think that, you know, there was a period that it was like quantity. You know, you're, you should be launching every minute of every day. You should be launching something new, coming up with something new, you know, uh, new offerings, new products, blah, blah, blah. And I think that now... There is a shift to, you know, I don't, I don't need to be doing five or ten different things. I need one or two things that really speaks to me, mm-hmm. and that I'm that I can actually make time for and implement. And so I think that's the other the other piece is, you know, we don't want more work. We want better work. Like when you are working, you want it to be better and deeper, and you know more more excellent in every way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the post that Rachel Cook wrote is called Why a Big Enough Business is the Key to Designing a Life You Love. Mm, and I think I that, that this is a post. I'll put a link in <clears throat> the Facebook page so people can find it. I think it's a really great post that we should read because this is the trend that I'm seeing. I am seeing people really starting to think, enough. I'm not buying yeah. it. And here's the thing. Let's talk about the hype. You know, for a while there was all this hype that, you know, all this business-to-business stuff where people are like, I'm going to show you how you can make six figures selling passive income. I'm going to, I made seven figures and I only work four hours a week. And, you know, that was really, really big. And I think a lot of us got excited or sucked in. And, you know, I'm a skeptical skeptical person uh, around stuff like that. So I was always very cautious about which things I invested in or what I believed in. But, you know, there was a lot of that floating around or or things, these kind of myths. Well, you have to have a team or you can't yep. grow your yep. business or you can't grow your business. You know, so there's been all these things that have been thrown at people. And for people who are like us, mystical people, spiritual people, you know, it's really exciting to think about those myths, but the reality is if you hire a team, it costs money, money that That's you right. could be using for something for yourself. If you That's are right. working 10 hours a day, that is less time you have for your loved ones. And six figures, yes, it can be done, absolutely, but how are you doing it? What are you doing to get this? You know, I think we're getting away from all that hype. I, uh, that, at least that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people just being done with it. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Well, I mean, you know, the the point of 
of going into business for yourself, and one of them, for most of the people that I've talked to, and I know for myself, is, you know, I wanted to create a life that allowed me to do more of the things that I wanted to do in the ways that I wanted to do them. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, most everybody that I've I've talked with, and this includes our mystical people and our sacred arts people, you know, we can do other jobs. Like, we, we can go work for an institution or a corporation or a company. You know, we, we can do that. And many of us have done that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we forego certain, um, you know, safety nets when we stop doing that. You know, I mean, you talk to any any entrepreneur self-employed person about taxes and you know we all tell the same story about getting hit with our tax bill that first year and thinking oh my lord what just happened you know and and you know we we don't have you know 401ks that get matched by some company right like we you know we have to get creative in how we do retirement and and how we do our bookkeeping and you know how we put away for taxes and all of those things that we have to do. So, you know, we don't there there are certain securities that we forego in right. being self employed, working for ourselves. But and and so but the gain is we get to live life in the way that we want to. Right. And 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 you know that for some people that's simply being able to set your own schedule. You know, for me, I it was it sometimes it was as basic as I need to be able to do something so that I can breastfeed and work. Yeah. I need to be able to do both of those things. And so, you know, I think that I think that we can forget that, right? We get going with our business and we achieve certain levels of success. You start making some money, you start having an audience, a sizable audience, and all of a sudden like you said, Teresa, you know, you look up and you're like, What is Saturday like? I don't yeah. think I've met Saturday in years, you know? And and so I think that we really have to remember, like, the reason that we do this is for our whole life, not just for our business. Our business, what I always say is, my business is for the sake of my life. My life is not for the sake of my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is a really beautiful sentiment, and I totally uh, agree. You know, the thing is, for me, being self-employed, I like to say I don't have a choice because I'm lousy at taking orders. <laughs> I don't like taking orders. <laughs> oh, that's so true. I hear I, you, yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible employee because I am very independent-minded, and I have a lot of my own opinions, and I like to do things a certain way, and I like to... You know, I'm a pretty stubborn girl, so I do not make a very good employee. I am not meant for that life. And I love my freedom to come and go and do as I darn please. So having a business is, of course, the natural thing that I should be doing. I have no business working for somebody because I'm a lousy employee. Um, You know, but I still, I can get very wrapped up into getting into that workaholic mode and learning how to get away from that has been a real task for me. Real task. Yeah. And you've had like this year you've had some you've had some things happen where it was like well you have to create space. Like your book, yeah. right? It was like yep. you had to create some space to get that book done. Absolutely. And now that we're in the editing process I had to create more space 
to make sure I can mm-hmm. give it a lot of attention. So here again, we come back to intention. So I've been trimming back on other things in my life to make sure that I have the space to really do this and to do it right because I want to produce a good product. I want to produce something that people are going to like and use. And I can't do that if I'm overly, if I'm pulled in too many other different directions. Yeah. And you yeah. know, as a Gemini, it's very easy for me to get that way. Uh, you know, you brought up a really important thing, too. I wanted to circle back around. You mentioned about the thing about that first tax bill that comes in and, you know, how shocking it can be for the first time. Yeah. And I think yeah. also that's a really important thing that people are wanting to know more about stuff like that because when you look at a lot of these programs that are out there that promise these easy peasy businesses where you basically don't do anything but collect dough, uh, a lot of them aren't talking about the things that aren't so pretty. And people who've now been in business one or two years are starting to realize, oh, my God, I've got to pay for my health insurance, and oh, my God, uh, self-employment tax is a lot of money, and oh, my God, I don't have a 401K now. Uh, You know, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize when they go in business is that we do have to be responsible for all these things. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it. They want to gloss over it. They want to put out this hype. So when you are doing your business then, you are not even thinking about those things, and then the reality hits. Oh, my God, i got to market. Oh, my God, i got to pay taxes. And I think um, people are recognizing that now, or they're looking for that information. They're looking for the help on that. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's really right. You know, I, I what I'm finding, and I found this with myself this year. This year, I invested in a bookkeeper, oh, a really good bookkeeper, who we will actually have on the show next year. And <clears throat> she has just totally, I mean, it has brought so much clarity to so many aspects of my business and my personal finances that have really has really allowed me to make much better decisions and easier decisions and you know i i'm i often will look at a client or a student and say you know i don't think you need this marketing class i think we need to know like what's coming in and what's going out and where's it going <laughs> yes Absolutely. You know, I've been also writing some blog posts on trying to get people to think more before they spend on these things they think they need for their businesses that they really don't need. You know, like teams or VAs or the program or class. Because I think for a while, and and, you know, I've been guilty of investing in some things and then later thinking, wow, I really didn't need that all that much. Did I really need to know all about web design? Why did I take Yeah. I'm not going to be a web designer. What the hell was I thinking? You know, but we get really, uh, I think, sometimes saturated with this information, and then we assume we need to do this or do that, and all of a sudden we realize we're spending and bleeding money left and right on products and programs or services or people we don't need, when in reality, a lot of times what we need is very simple, like your bookkeeper or my accountant who's my, you know, idol, my... (laughs) Oh my God, seriously, like a good accountant is just the most amazing accessory ever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, if people ask me probably what's the most important expense of my business, I might say my website, but it's also my accountant. My accountant is the one thing, and it's such an unsexy topic. It's not sexy, you know. We want to hear, oh, money rolling in. Uh, Who wants to hear about, oh my God, my accountant's my, he's my idol. But 
that yeah. kind of stuff, that's the backbone of what makes businesses really run. It's that little practical stuff, not all this gloss and fluff and smoke and mirrors. Well, and I think what's interesting, you know, one of the themes that we're going to talk about in 2016 with Talking Shop 2 is creativity, right, and how we bring creativity into our work and, and into our lives. And, you know, I think what's What's interesting is is that some of this really like not sexy stuff, like your Excel spreadsheet, could be the occasion for you to get really creative. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Uh, you know, you're, you're teasing around a little bit too about uh, the stuff we're going to be talking about next year. Creativity is going to be a big subject that we're talking about next year. It's yeah. huge, and you know, we talk a lot here about the bare bones about, you know, running a business, the practicality stuff. And I think the sub, some of the subjects we're talking about next year are really going to be giving people a lot of ideas so that they can not only keep their business running, but keep replenishing it with ideas and creativity. I think it's going to be a great subject. Yeah, one of the things that I'm really excited that we're focusing on, too, is um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna weave in. So you know, I think with talking shop, like the first couple of years, we really focused on some of the big topics for our mystical people and our sacred artists that feel really intimidating and hard to get a grasp on. So we've brought on these amazing guests to like talk about, you know, everything. Right? I mean, we've talked about everything from like how do you write copy to how do you do a website to how do you do a brick and mortar business. I mean, we have really we have I think we've really like gone through the whole spectrum. And and now what I'm excited about in our in our was this our well, this will be our fourth year. Fourth year um, that we've been doing our podcast. Our fourth year. We need to have a birthday party. Um our fourth <laughs> our fourth year. Um we're we're going to I feel like we're gonna be working with some people who remind us and, and teach us to weave back in our mystical work, our sacred arts work, our spiritual work. So, you know, we want we want tarot readers that are web savvy and know how to schedule their appointments and know how to answer emails and do all of those things. But we also want tarot readers who know how to work with their cards to generate new ideas for their business and support yeah. themselves in their business and and inspire themselves and the people that they work with you know we have these tools and we i think we tend to think like well we have these tools that we'll use for other people but we want to weave them back into our practices as well and I, I so i'm really excited about that yeah i am too and i i think that some of the things we are going to be discussing next year are going to help people to really make sure that they're not just running a business, but again, they're being intentional, they're being creative, they're creating a business that keeps on creating and generating for them for a long time to come. So sustainable businesses, we have to we have to cover every angle, not just all the nuts and bolts, but uh, the deeper, deeper subjects. One of the things we're going to be talking about next year also is about... Um, kind of like clearing energy, too. Do you want to talk about a few of the people we're going to be having come on next year? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, we're going to, I would say, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about money next year. That's going to be one of yep. the things that we're going to, we're going to really get, get in on for exactly the reason that we were saying, you know, that, that we, we have these, you know, mystical people are sacred arts people. We have these ideas of like, oh my goodness, seriously, this is really stressing me out. The money stuff is really stressing me out. And, and I don't, I don't want to look at it. It's, not sexy it's not fun and you know i became a tarot reader or an astrologer um or you know a medicine woman because i hated math class i don't want to so we're going to talk with for instance uh, my wonderful bookkeeper jessica reagan salzman about the art of bookkeeping because as it turns out there really is an art of bookkeeping and her her whole her whole approach is heart-based bookkeeping and I've worked with her for almost a year now and I can say like that's exactly what she does and so like is there a way to approach your numbers from a heart-centered place yes there is there really is we are going to talk to Barry Tesler London who will have a book coming out at the beginning of 2016 and who runs the very beloved Art of Money year-long course. We're going to talk with her about our money stories and, you know, how we create obstacles around money and how we can also create a lot of ease and open roads around money as well. And and then we're also going to bring in some creative thinkers and creative people, you know, so we're going to talk, one question that we have gotten a lot is how do you make your own fill in the blank? So we're going to actually have the Fountain Tarot folks on and we're going to talk to them about how do you make a tarot deck? That's a that's a really hot topic that everybody wants to know. I want to know. I'm like, how do you do that? So they're yep. going to talk to us. And, of course, the Fountain Tarot was beautiful, super popular. Um, that's going to be fabulous. We're going to have um, – we're going to talk about stories and storytelling and, I believe, storytelling and marketing and the way that those two work together with Taya Silvestre. Is that how I say her name, Teresa? You know I her. believe that's how we say it. Um, yeah. And she is just amazing, speaking of creative people. Uh, she yeah. has from Story Bistro, and Story Bistro is uh, a blog that I uh, – it's a website I think everybody should take a gander at because she is very bright, and she's got some fabulous, fabulous stuff uh, that she has over on her site. She's got a wonderful little tarot deck, and it's a tarot deck that's for your business, and it's really quite brilliant. I love it. It's got lots of great yeah. – she's a coach, she does mentoring – She's got workshops, she's got courses. I mean, she's got a whole lot of cool stuff, and she's somebody who can really help uh, with your message. So yes. we've got her coming on. I'm excited about her, by the way. I met her in person. She's awesome. Great vibe. Yeah, and I, I like her stuff a lot. I mean, it's very – she's really coming at things from a different angle. You don't hear about a whole lot. And so I'm I'm very excited. I think that's going to rock. Um, you know, we're going to talk to Jacqueline Tierney about luxury brands. This is something, you know, you were talking earlier about intentionality and intimacy. And, 
you know, boutique culture has really taken off in in yeah. the past several years. And we actually we have this fabulous hotel that just came in to San Antonio in uh at the Pearl Brewery, which, you know, used to be a burned out shell and is now this like super hip place. And they have a little grocery store inside of the hotel and it's heavily curated, you know, just very curated and beautiful. And every time I go there, like I leave with so much less money than I had when I walked in. So, I mean, luxury branding is a thing. And and it's something that is, you know, I think starting to make its um, way into sacred arts businesses, mystical businesses. And so we're going to talk to Jacqueline Tierney about that because that is her whole jam, is, is how you position yourself as a curated boutique luxury brand. And, and why you might want to do that. Yep, it's going so, to be, again, you know, all about getting intentional with your business and your branding. You know, yeah, we've got other guys yeah. going on, too. Um, so there's a lot coming on next year that I think is going to really help people think deeply about their businesses and about their big why and yeah. about how they can continue really bringing forward their selves. Now, I want to talk a little bit you know, in in the last, like, few minutes that we have, because we are hitting end of the year, um, and I think that this is a time you and I start planning in August. Yeah. <laughs> we literally we do. do. We we plan our talking shops, like, the August before, so we're we're really on top of it, because we have a bunch of people that we got to, we have to schedule. Um, and, and I do business planning in... September, October for the next year. So I, I've just finished planning and plotting out 2016. Um, you know, and I leave room, right, for the unexpected. But, like, I get my, my trips on the calendar and, and my standing obligations on the calendar. I want to talk to you about planning because I know you're a big planner. And I know you have the entrepreneur cast that you do for people. And so I just want to get your take on planning and how does planning relate, especially to intentionality? Well, you know, when I first started my business a long time ago, I didn't know what I was doing. So I, I was running my business like slack-jawed and kind of like hobbling it together. That was, you know, 25 years ago. There was no Internet, nothing. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was not intentional. I knew I was doing a business, and I knew that because uh, I was kind of being pushed into it. <laughs> and, uh-huh. But I didn't know what I was doing. I like to say I was running business like, uh, yes. <laughs> I just didn't have it together. And over the years, I had to learn a couple hard lessons, and then I started being more serious and getting more hardcore. And then what ended up happening is the more serious I got, the more structured I got, the more my business flourished. And then I started doing things like paying really close attention to the planets. And that also started really, I looked at how the planets were working, how that was influencing the way my business was working. So it ended up happening then the last, I would say the last probably good seven years now, uh, what I've been doing is in the fall time, right around August to October, I sit down, I lay out my astrology for the year. I look at how it's going to affect my business. 
I don't care about all that romance stuff. I only care about my business. Yeah. And so I get really super clear on the favorable dates for myself. I, you know, all of it. I map it all out. And I have a actually I have a wall chart. I wrote a blog yes. post how I map out my year with astrology. But I put my wall chart out there. I map out my vacations, and then I've already thought about what products I'm going to bring forward because I've spent time researching that year, and I map out when's going to be the best time for me to put that out there. So everything gets mapped out. And I am also, like you, aware that sometimes our best laid plans are going to go in a different direction. You know, one of the things, I had a big plan for something I was going to do this year. Well, then all of a sudden the book came into my lap, and I'm like, this thing has to go to the side. And so it's yeah. a thing that I've been wanting to do for years, and I'm not even going to talk about it out loud yet, but it's now off on the back burner again for at least another year or two. It's because I had something else fall on my lap, and so I had to create the space to do that. So sometimes I have to do that. But everything, again, is very scheduled out, and I'm of the belief that you have to put it on the schedule or it doesn't happen. So yeah. for me, it's like get clear on what I want to bring forward, Sit down, get clear on how the planets are operating, get clear on when I'm going out of town and when I'm not going out of town, and then I can reverse engineer everything so the stuff gets done. People often ask, how do you get so much done? It's because it's strictly scheduled. Even my day-to-day activities are strictly scheduled, and that means when it is 8 o'clock in the morning, I know that I am up there getting all my blog stuff tightened up. I know what I'm going to be doing every minute of the day. Sounds boring, but this yeah. is how I roll. And a business plan, by the way, for business planning, I'm not of the believer that you create one business plan for life and you leave it be. I do a new business plan every single year because my business changes every year. And that's one of the things I learned about being in business so long. My business is not the same as it was seven years ago, ten years ago. Certainly not the same when I was <laughs> running in the beginning and didn't know what the heck I was doing. My business has evolved, and it keeps evolving. So I am a believer in doing a fresh fresh one every single year. Yeah, absolutely. Very, you know, very much very much the same. I mean, I, I absolutely do a new business plan. I get my plan set, and and I really like what you said. You know, something that I've learned because I've been in business full time, full time, full time since '09, right? So not not as long as you have. And one of the things that I have really learned is if you have a really good idea and it does get sidelined or it gets put on the back burner because something else comes up that like, you have to do or you really want to do. It's okay, you know, like you have time. It doesn't all have to happen in 2015. And actually, it probably won't all happen in 2015. And that's okay because you've got 2016. And it won't all happen in 2016. And that's okay because you have 2017. You know, one of the things I've really learned with scheduling is allow yourself space and be patient. You know, understand that. Some of these things are going to take a while, and that is not only okay, that can be a really good thing. Right, right. It does. Well, you know what? 
There's no such thing really as overnight success. Even Justin Bieber was on YouTube for quite a while before, as a little a little preteen, before he got That's his right. contract and became who he is. And you know, we look at him and think, oh, my God, he's only 21, instant overnight success. Actually, he was doing stuff for a long time before he got successful. So, yeah. So, so we are yeah, way. To, yeah, we're coming down to the last few minutes, and one of the people just sent us a question. It's Barbara. She is... Sending it in from Mamaroneck, New York. I hope I said that right. Yikes. And she wants to know, this is the first time listening into our show. Hey, Barbara, we're glad you're here. And where can she hear all of our lovely talks? Well, Barbara, one of the easiest ways to keep on top of this, if you go to my website, thetarolady.com, and you click on free resources, you'll see Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. If you click on that, That'll tell you when our next show is coming up. And it also, there's a link down near the bottom to the archives page. And when you click on the archives page, it also has a place where you can subscribe on iTunes so you never miss a show. And it's got all the shows listed here, and you can listen right on my website if you don't want to download it on your iTunes. And Bree, do you have a resource also on your page for people to find it? I do, absolutely. So if you go to the if you go to my teaching page, you will be able one of the options will be talking shop and you can get it there. So it's com slash teaching slash talking shop and you can download you can see what we've got coming up and hit the archives, you can subscribe. So that you don't miss the shows, they're all right there. So yes, yep, real easy to find. And if, you, by the way, also if you go into iTunes uh, and you look for podcasts and you search for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, you'll find us on there too. We've got you guys all set up so that you never miss an episode. And we hope that you will definitely go back and listen to those archives, Barbara. And we're just thrilled that you're here tonight on our last show of the year. And, Yay, hi, Barbara. You know, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of last show of the year, we want to thank everybody who has been listening in with us for the last three years. It's been such an honor to have these conversations, and I love our guests that have been with us for the last three years, and I really love working with you, Bree, and picking your business brain because it's so brilliant. So, um I just want to thank you for being here with me, and I thank our audience and thank all of our our wonderful guests. I feel so the same way about you, Teresa. Thank you so much for for being the fearless leader of Talking Shop. This was your idea. Um, And, you know, when you approached me over three years ago and said, hey, hey, you want to do this with me, I was totally blown away and honored. And, you know, those of you who don't know, Teresa does our show notes. I mean, she, she really keeps us organized and on task and, and, you know, has great communication. And I am so appreciative for it because with a four-year-old, sometimes I get very busy. And, you know, we've we've never missed, neither of us have ever missed a show. And, and we, we've had some shows with some technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. But we've never missed one. And and it really is, you know, it, it really does matter having a great partner to work with because, you know, they inspire you to show up fully. And you really do that for me. And I'm I'm very grateful and very appreciative of you. And I love you. Yes, 
totally love them. And Barbara also has one more quick question. Bree, could you tell her again where she can find your archives page? Yeah, so it will be, you'll be able to find it at Brianna Saucy forward slash teaching forward slash talking shop. And there's going to be a little dash between talking and shop the way that you, you know, do. And Barbara, we do hope that you listen in. We hope everybody listens into these shows and gets a really good education for your business because this is what our mission is. Our mission is to make sure that metaphysical business owners can have sustainable businesses, and that's what Talking Shop is all about. And I hope you guys have enjoyed our little end-of-the-year recap. And be sure to watch for our next show, the first show of the year. It's going to be on January 27th. Bree, why don't you tell everybody who we are so excited to have on. Oh, my gosh, we are we are going to have such a fangirl moment right now. Um, so we will be reconvening January 27th, 8 p.m. Central Time, and we are going to talk with Chris Zydell, so awesome, lovely, amazing goddess Chris, on the subject of creativity and business. And, you know, I'm I'm sure that most of y'all are familiar with Chris's work, but if you're not, look her up, you know, Google her, find her website, um, check her out on Facebook. She is such an inspiration and so full of life and so full of vitality. And she is going to talk to us about how we weave that into our businesses. So we're we're starting off 2016, you know, four on the floor. We are going for it. Yes, and Chris is an amazing. Uh, she she does intuitive painting, and she's a teacher, and she's also does business mentoring, and she's really super business savvy. So this is going to be a show you don't want to miss. And so yeah, and she have, does astrology. Yes, she's a killer wow. astrologer. So yep. it's going to be a big treat for our audience, and I'm very excited to have her uh, there. And I'm very excited to be working with you again next year, Bree, and to be tuning in with all of our lovely guests and our audience. So we will bid you adieu for 2015. Thank you so much for being here tonight. You can find me, Teresa Reed, at thetarolady.com. And Bree, what about you? You can find me, Brianna Saucy, at briannasaucy.com. And you guys, have a wonderful evening and have a great rest of 2015. And we can't wait to see you again in January of 2016. Absolutely. Have a wonderful night, everybody. Bye.